The following message is brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of the Ambassador Baptist Church and Pastor Joshua Ermler. We send missionaries all around the world uh, to do all kinds of things. Everything from uh, starting churches uh, to starting schools and colleges. Uh, We have many that have started radio stations as well as uh, medical supplies to different countries. Uh, We've got uh, missionaries that are building orphanages as well as uh, digging wells, getting water uh, to different folks depending on the context and, and where they're at. And so literally all around the world, uh, we have these missionaries that we send out. And then on a regular basis, some of the things that we do with our offerings is we're sending money overseas uh, to support these works. So it's not just about what's happening here in Fresno, and that's a part of it, but it's really about what's happening around our country and literally all around the world. And uh, we don't want to just be one of these churches that are all about us, but really looking how, how do we how do we serve those less fortunate, you know, in our own community, uh, but literally, how do we serve those, you know, in third world countries, in Africa, in uh, China, in some of these different uh, places around the world? And today, uh, we are so privileged. And uh, I was really excited about this. Uh, but we have the privilege of having uh, missionary Mark Tolson with us. And uh, here, I'm going to tell you why I'm really excited to have him. Uh, as many of you know, China is a communist country. Uh, they're closed off to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, to have churches there is entirely illegal. Uh, you can go to jail. Uh, you can be put into prison. I mean, it's against the law to do uh, what Mark is currently doing. And so he has, in communist China, he has a, what's called an underground church. And it's, it's an illegal church. It's not supposed to be there. If they find out it's there, he'll go get sent to prison. He'll get, uh, you know, shipped back. I mean, it just would not be good. And yet, uh, seven years ago, uh, he was just, you know, asking the Lord, Lord, what do you want for my life? And uh, he really sensed the Spirit was like, you need to go get the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of what he offers, an eternal life in heaven, an abundant life here on earth, and you need to get it to those people who otherwise would never hear. And so get this, he took his family, he took his kids, and basically kind of snuck over into communist China And they are there uh, starting these underground churches. And so they go and kind of, you know, they have to be kind of discreet on how they do it. But they start talking to people about Jesus and Christianity and those types of things. And and, uh, a lot of times he might talk about it in a moment. But he'll kind of say, hey, do you want to learn some English, you know? And and over there, that's kind of a big deal. And so uh, he'll teach some English and things. But along the way, you know, he's giving the gospel. He's teaching the Bible. And here's what's crazy. They've got a church that started over there. They're on like the 18th story of some high-rise building, you know. And they sneak up there. They have church, sing songs, open the Bible. And uh, they're they're just, they're making it happen. And so I called him up and I said, hey, would you come out to be with us? So here's what he did. He got on a plane on Friday uh, there in Beijing. uh, Spent 24 hours on planes and in airports. Uh, came to our church, and tomorrow he's going to get back on a plane and go back to China. He's with us for about a day and a half, uh, just for right now. And uh, I am just so pumped that you're going to get to hear him. And uh, here, whatever he shares with us today, here's what I want you to know. This is not just somebody who's just talking something, all right? This is somebody who's literally doing it. And he's just, he's, he's sold out for Jesus. I mean, completely, all in all, just... Just whatever the Spirit leads him to do, he's doing. And uh, I'm just so thankful for him. Um, as I'm getting to know him, I'm just uh, so uh, excited to see what God's doing through his life. And here's what I want us to do, okay? I want those of us who are sitting out here to ask ourselves this question. 
if some, you know, average everyday regular guy, and, and I think Mark would be the first one to tell you, I don't, there's nothing super, you know, he's not like got superpowers, you know, he's not like, you know, uh, uh, Captain America or Iron Man or something along those, just a regular guy. If he can go there and do what he's doing in communist China to get the gospel of Jesus Christ to other places, here, here's the question I want us to ask ourselves. What are we doing? What are we doing? Like, like, what is it that God would have us to do? And just let that question kind of permeate a little bit. Like, you know, we're like, oh, man, I really, I, I did something big for God. What did you do? I came to church. You know, wow, that's cool. You came to church, woo, you know. But maybe there's more. Maybe there's more. And that's the question I want you to kind of ask yourself today. So, Mark, you come. Thanks so much for being our guest uh, if, he, if he seems a little tired, he might be jet-lagged, but uh, he's doing well, so thanks so much for being with us. All right, thank you very much. It's an honor to be with you here this morning. If you open up your Bibles to James chapter 4, uh, James chapter 4, a lot of people often ask, what is the reason that we do what we do? And to know Jesus and to make him known is the reason that we live. That's the purpose of our lives. I want to know Jesus personally. I want to know him at a deeper level. I want to know what he has done for me. And I want to let others also know about him. And so my life's goal is to know Jesus and to make him known. And I flew here from China to tell you that God also has a plan for your life. And that he wants to use your life that he has given you to be a servant for his kingdom. He wants you to answer the call to his salvation. He wants you to realize what Jesus has done for you and become a believer in him and realize that you can have a relationship with him uh, through all that Jesus has done. And then he wants you to answer the call to his discipleship. He says, I want you to come and follow me and I want you to pattern your life after my life and the things that I've done, I also want you to do. But he says, I also want you to answer the call to be a witness to the nations. He says it's not just about us, it's not just about our family and our friends knowing Jesus, and that is important, and we should start from there, but he says it extends into the nations. And we, so we start from home and we start with our neighbors, but we can't forget about those on the other side of the world. We can't forget about those in communist China or in Russia or in India. There's people all around the world that are waiting for the gospel. Now here in the Bible, in James chapter 4 and verse 14, the Bible says, Whereas ye know not, what shall be on the morrow? For what is your life? Have you ever asked yourself that question before? What is your life? Why do you exist? What's your purpose? And oftentimes when we're talking with Chinese people and we're giving them the gospel, I'll start from right there. Because they've never thought about that question. You were given your life to do so much more. God didn't just want you to exist so that you can be born and then you can grow up, you go to school, you get a good job, you make, you make good money, you, you get married to a good, a good spouse, and then you have good children, and then it just ends. You retire, grandchildren, life is over, nothing left. He created you to do so much more. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanishes away. What James wants us to know here, he says, you have a life, but you have a limited life. You have a momentary life. You have something that is very short. 
And the uncertainty of life is something that we all must face. You have one life, and you have one chance to make that life count. What are you doing with your life? What are you, what are you doing as God's creation, as one who has been created in God's image to be serving Him? You, you, you should ask yourself, you say, God, if you're the creator of the world, if you're the creator of humankind, what is it that you want me to do? What is my purpose? And God has created us to have a loving relationship with Him. I have three beautiful girls, and I have uh, two beautiful children on the way. And we're excited about that. And in China, there was, they've recently changed it, but they had a one-child policy. And so everybody can have one child. And so they look at us, and we're going to have five children. They probably think we're a little bit crazy. But they say, why do you want so many children? And I use this example with them all the time. I said, you know, I don't really want all these children just because I, I want them to go get jobs, and when I get old, they can all take care of me. I said, I want to have the children, because I, I want to love them. I want to know them. And so when they get older and they're able to, I want them to love me and get to know me as well. And God, in the same way, he says, look, I've created you to have a loving relationship with you. But there's a major problem. Because of our sin, we have been separated from God. And so God knew this, and he says, look, I'm going to do something to restore this. I'm going to do something to bring you back to myself so that you can know me, you can have a relationship with me. So take your Bibles and turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. And verse 13. But before we read it, I want you to think about how fragile your life is. You don't know what tomorrow holds. The Bible says we focus on today because we don't even know what tomorrow holds. We can't change often a lot of things about today, so why worry about tomorrow? He says, you don't know what your life is. The psalmist tells us, he says, we look at our lives and we say, God, teach me to, to measure my days, to number my days, to know what is going to happen to me. He says, realize our lives are very, very fragile. As I said, I have beautiful children and a beautiful wife. But into our second pregnancy, we found out that our son, he had a condition that was going to make him incompatible with life outside the womb. And so we had to bear that. And as we got the information or the the news from the doctor, uh, me and my wife, we just cried together. And the next several months was hard as we knew that we had to carry the child. We knew when the child was going to be born, it wasn't able to survive. And three months before we left for China, he was stillborn. It was a hard time for our family. But God gave us a peace during that time. And even though our son, he didn't have a chance in this world to live all of the things I'm going to be talking about out, you do. God has given you life. God has given you an opportunity. He has allowed you to be born and to, to, to grow and to learn and to be here at church and, and to have somebody take his word and to explain it to you. And what is the first thing he wants you to do? Look in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 13, it says, But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead. And Christ shall give thee light. 
What the Bible is saying here is saying, you have one momentary life to believe in Jesus. Therefore, wake up. Pay attention to what the Bible is saying to you. Pay attention to what God is, is, has done for you. You are dead in your trespasses and in your sins, and you've been separated from Him, and you've been going through life not really understanding why you were created, not really understanding your purpose, just trying to get by. But there's so much more that you can have in, in this life and in the life to come. And that we need to wake up and understand that God has given us an incredible opportunity to be restored unto Him. And He's offering this to us to raise us from the dead. He says when you're in your sins, it's like you're, you're dead, it's like you're sleeping, it's like you don't really understand what's going on. But he says, God over here, he understands the whole story because he's, he's the author of the story. And so he wrote the story and he says, look, I'm coming after you and I want you to wake up. And look, I've done all of this for you. He says, all you have to do is receive it by grace. God is rich in mercy. If you look at the countries around the world, you can very easily say, they're not worthy of hearing this good news. Look at all the evil that this country has done. Look at all the evil that that country has done. Do we really need to take the gospel to them? Are they really worthy of it? But my friend, listen to me this morning. We are not worthy either. We have done nothing to deserve God's grace. He simply looked at us and he said, I'm I'm, I'm looking down on you and I'm offering you my grace because of who I am. I am God. I am full of mercy. I am full of of goodness. And so I offer this to you. And he looks at the world and he says, you're all the same. You're all sinful. And yes, you might think that you're a little bit better than this person over here or this country over there. But in God's eyes, he says, you're all my enemy. But he says, I still love you. And I'm going to prove it to you because I'm going to send Jesus to die on the cross. And Jesus is going to die on the cross and he's going to bear your sins. And he took your sins and he put it on Jesus' body and he bore it for you. The Bible says he became sin for us. And three days later, he rose again from the dead. And his resurrection is so important because with that resurrection, he says, I take the righteousness of Jesus. And God says, I'm going to give that to you and I'm going to justify you. I'm going to make you righteous. And so God bore our sins on the cross And then he gave us the righteousness of Jesus. And he says, all you have to do is come and have faith in me. And he says, when you do that, he says, I give this gift to you. And you become a child of God. And after death, you stand before God and God says, you're no longer a sinner. But you can enter my kingdom because you have the righteousness of Jesus. It's nothing good that you've done, but it's all that God has done. And so God is calling you to respond. He says, you have this life. But after this life, you don't have that decision. You can't answer the call to salvation after death. But today, you have an opportunity. Today, you have a chance. Today, you can know. Do you know that you're saved? Do you know that your sins are forgiven and you have been given the righteousness of Christ? Have you answered that call to salvation? Do you know that, you, that, that if you were to die today, that if, if God didn't extend your life for the next 20 years, where you would be? And China often asks the question, you say, what, what after death? And they kind of laugh, they're like, nothing. 
There's nothing. There's no hope. They're not living for anything specific. And I sit down and I say, but there's so much more to life than what you've been told. You've been told this and you've been told these certain things, but let me tell you about the God who created you. Let me tell you about the God who already wrote your story down in a book that nobody has shared with you yet. And we share this incredible story. And they sit there and they say, wow, this is something I got to consider. Almost nobody at the first time has shared shared this with them. They look and say, ah, that's just foolishness. They look and they say, I need to think about this some more. Because they've never heard it. Have you heard it? Maybe you've heard it since you've been small, and maybe you've grown up in church, or maybe this is your first time in church. And you've heard it, but have you responded to it? Have you put your faith in Jesus and said, this is what I want? God, I understand what you've done, but now I'm going to accept it by faith and I'm going to become one of, your, one of your disciples. If you look there in verse 15, he continues to say, he says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools. And so Jesus has given us light, and we had this light, we've accepted this light. And he says now, he says, I want you to walk, I want your way of life to have a certain pattern. I don't want you to keep living a foolish life, he says, but as wise redeeming the time because the days are evil our days are full of evil if you watch the news you 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 know that the news is not like a cheerleader cheering us on to keep on going through life it disappoints you and you realize all the evil that's in in our world and it's going on around the world and he says look we know that the days are evil but you as a follower of jesus you should be redeeming the time you should be using your life for god's purpose And we only have this momentary life to live for Jesus here on this earth. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. He says, I want you to know what God's will is, and then I want you to use the best of your life to go do it. He says, redeeming the time, and we look at that and we say, what does that mean? It just means make the best use of your time here on this earth. Give it to God. Use it for Him. And you only have this life on this earth to use for Jesus. It's not like you get a second chance. It's not like you get to be 80, 90 years old, and you're like, God, I wasted my life. Just make me, make me 10 years old again, and I'll start from there, and, and, I'll, and I'll, start, I'll start becoming a young preacher from that age. He says, no, you don't get to do it over. You have the information today. You have the truth today. You have God's word today. And he says, I want you to do something with it today. I made you. I've created you to do good works. I've saved you to do good works. I've saved you to do my will. When I was back on deputation, I started to notice a pattern in many churches some of the churches we went to, they seemed to be thriving, and some of the churches we went to, they weren't thriving as much. Some of them seemed to be excited about getting the gospel around the world and, 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 and reaching their community, and the other ones just kind of seemed like they were going through the motion. And I started to realize that there was a pattern and a difference between the two churches. Some of the churches we go to, it seems that they, they only saw two blocks. They would say, in one block, there's the Bible. And say the Bible's important and it contains the Word of God and so we need to learn it, we need to preach it, we need to study it. And they would go and they have services and they're they're receiving uh, God's Word. 
and this is good, and this is healthy, and this is right. And then in the second box, they would have ministries within the church, evangelism, and discipleship. And so what would happen is somebody would be going to church, and they'd say, the Bible's important, and so they would check off this box. And then they'd say, I need to get involved, I need to volunteer, I need to do something in the church. I can't just come and sit. And so they would say, okay, I need to help in the nursery. I need to be part of the worship team. I need to help in the, the children's classes. And then they would check off this box. And they say, look, in my Christian life, these boxes are checked off. I'm doing pretty good. And then I saw in the thriving churches that they didn't just see two blocks, but they saw four blocks. So the first block is the Bible teaching, and they know the Bible's important, and so they would go and they check that off. We're learning the Bible. We're coming to church. Uh, we're studying it. It's a good thing. We're involved in small groups. And then they say, we need to serve in the church. So they get part of the worship team or they be in the nursery or the children's classes and they check that off and they say, it's good. But they didn't stop right there. They said, there's two more blocks that we have to check off in our Christian life. And one was evangelism. They said, not only am I serving in the worship team, but it is my responsibility as a believer, as a follower of Jesus, to get involved in, in evangelizing other people to giving the gospel to other people, to sharing what God has done in my life with others. And so they would say, look, we need to be involved in that. But they also didn't stop there. They would start giving the gospel to their co-workers and to their lost friends and family members. And then some people would get saved and there'd be young Christians in the church and they would say, we need to start discipling them. I need to get involved in their life. God is slowly changing my life and I'm slowly becoming victorious over sin and I see that somebody else is struggling in the church and I'm to go help them. I'm going to reproduce myself and somebody else. And so these churches, they looked and they said, it's not just enough to get involved in a ministry, but as believers, we have two extra blocks that all of us need to be involved in. And so are you using your life to learn the Bible, serve in your church, but also getting the gospel to other people and, and making disciples. When Jesus gave us the command, he says, I want you to go and make disciples, and the way that I want you to do that is go and give the gospel to them. And then I want you to get baptized. And so we have the baptistry here, and we're going to see uh, the, later this morning that people get baptized. But then he says, I want you to keep on teaching them everything that I've taught you. And so as a believer, our responsibility is to keep studying this book and keep giving it to them. Mom and dad, your first disciples are your children. And you're discipling them and you're saying, look, I'm your dad, I'm, I'm your mother, this is how I follow God. You follow in my footsteps because I want to teach you how to know God. Is that what you're doing? Our purpose in life is to know God and to know Jesus, but also to make him known. You say, I know Jesus, but can you say I'm making him known? I'm making him known to others. In 1 Timothy, the Bible says, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth. What is good and acceptable in God's sight? He says, men to be saved. He says, people to be saved. He says, the humankind who I've created, for them to be saved, for them to know me. He says, this is good. This is acceptable. I really, really like this. This is what I want to happen. And so as a believer, you're saying, I need to do God's will. Are you giving the gospel to other people? Understand that you only have this momentary life 
to share the gospel with those who don't know Jesus. When you get to heaven, you're going to be surrounded by those who are worshiping the Lamb who is worthy to be praised. And He is worthy to be praised. He died for them on the cross, and so He's worthy of their praise. This is the reason that He died. But right now around you, and when you go out in the world and you live your life, you're surrounded by people who are not praising Jesus. But He's worthy of their praise. But they don't know Him. And as you look at the world and we're currently living in China and it's the largest country in the world with 1.3 billion people. There's millions of those who have never heard the gospel. Not even one time. But we've got to remember that there's an entire world who's never heard the gospel. We often just focus on our little county, our little state over here. And we say, man, there's more than enough people here. But we've got to realize that God's heartbeat is for the world. He wants people all around the world to know that he loves them, that he died for them, that he is worthy of their praise. When you get to heaven, you're not going to have that opportunity to share the gospel. We'll probably talk about the gospel. We'll be talking about what Jesus has done for us. And we're going to be thankful for eternity. But those who have never heard, those who did not believe, we don't have the opportunity to beg them, to show them that God loves them. They're in India, and they're dying. They're in China, and they're dying. They're in the Middle East, and they're dying. They're in Mexico, and they're dying. They need to hear the message. God's heartbeat says, look, I want you to go into the world. When Jesus was here on this earth, he says, look, I'm the light of the world. I'm letting the world know that the Savior has come, that you can be redeemed to God. But when he ascended back into heaven, he says, you are now the lights. Go forth and preach the gospel. Let them know what I've done. Are you using your momentary life to serve Jesus? To say, look, I want to serve him here and now. I want to, on a personal level, I want to know Jesus deeper and deeper. But Lord, don't let it stop there. I want to take this message and give it to all nations. Because you alone are worthy. You have done this to save them. And so there needs to be some of us and some of you who say, God, will you be willing to use me as a missionary? When I surrendered to missions, I didn't know what a missionary was. I just knew that there was people on the other side of the world who didn't know Jesus, and somebody needed to go tell them about Jesus, and that's what a missionary would say when they came through our church. And I said, well, God, if, I mean, I don't have very many talents and abilities. I definitely can't get in front of people and speak. I mean, that's something I would never do. And they said, but I probably could, you know, talk to somebody one-on-one and say, hey, you don't know Jesus. Let me tell you who Jesus is. Give them a track, and then go on the next person church planning, evangelism, discipleship. I didn't understand any of this at the time. But I was willing. And God can use that willing heart. Your first step is to say, God, use my life. You're the one who's given me the air to breathe. You're the one who's given me this body to live in. And so God, I want to do whatever your will is for my life. So young person, are you willing to say, God, use my life. Middle-aged, older person, are you willing to say, 
God, here's my life. Use my life. I'll be willing to go. And if you can't go, you say, God, use my life to help others to go in my place so that the world will hear the gospel. Are you willing? Can you say that you're going to use this life, one, to believe in Jesus? Do you know him? He wants to forgive your sins. He wants to give you an incredible life. Living a Christian's life is not this boring life full of rules, but it's an incredible adventure. But you have to make that step and say, God, I accept the free gift that you're giving me. And then we choose to live for Jesus on this earth and to be a witness for him. So what are you doing with your life? Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of the Ambassador Baptist Church. If this message was a blessing to you, please consider leaving us a review or sharing the message on social media. Thanks once again for tuning in.